Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk. Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. Today, we're very pleased to have with us Michelle Mannery, who's the Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary for Energy Resilience Division in the Office of Electricity at the Department of Energy. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very pleased because you, as it turns out, lead the Department of Energy focus on national transmission policy and how it's going to affect clean energy and uh, deployment of clean energy resources in this country. It's a very important job, and you've got $80 billion in your pocket. (laughs) So we're going to discuss how that money is going to get allocated and what industry folks need to know about what DOE is doing with this money. Um, First, I understand the acting part of your name is you're on loan from the Bonneville Power Administration, where you've been CFO. So tell me what skill set you're bringing from BPA to this position and why you're excited to be doing this. Sure. So yes, yeah, so uh, as you said, I was uh, most recently uh, the CFO at Bonneville Power, but before that, and that was only about a three-year stint. Before that, I've spent the majority of my career in either the transmission business line or the power uh, generation side of the house. Been at Bonneville a little over 23 years, and so the majority of my time has been actually spent there. The most recent, before the CFO, um, I was vice president of transmission marketing and sales uh, for Bonneville Power Administration, and so um, dealt with a lot of everything from tariffs to interconnection queues to uh, new construction to uh, kind of a lot of that type of uh, working with the customer in order to get things built or get things delivered. Um, and so that's where a lot of my depth, and that's that background is the reason that I was uh, loaned um, to DOE for a couple years to help stand up um, or re-stand up, I should say, um, a transmission really focused on planning, permitting, technical analysis, and deployment, which is the money, <laughs> on a number of things. You're sitting really at the hub of probably the most important thing that's happening in the electric grid universe right now, which is $80 billion infusion that's allocated over the next five years. So let's jump right in and, and If you can, tell us some of the funding mechanisms that are being developed, and when will funding start to flow? Sure. So, uh, so that eighty billion ish, as always, uh, the DOE it comes in several different flavors, and so you have everything um, kind of continuing on from uh, solar and battery and kind of and that generation or or storage side, um, but you also have uh, you also have probably about twenty ish billion or so on the transmission side, like you said, because it doesn't do you any good to generate if you can't get it to the load, um, and so so you're right, it's a lot of focus on trans transmission and actually figuring out what it is we need to do with that. Um, Within that transmission, there's several buckets of money. About 15 billion of that is getting more out of your existing system. Um, So whether it be um, smart grid or uh, kind of uh, technology on your system to get more out of it, whether it be new wire technology, new sensors, new uh, flow 
mechanisms, anything like that. A lot of it's focused on that. Um, I'd also say there's uh, resiliency. So we've seen in this country over the last few years, whether it be ice storms or hurricanes or wildfires, um, the the need to have a resilient grid is just overwhelming, and we've seen that a lot. And so I'd say uh, the majority of the of the the wires money, I would say. Um, focuses on that. There is, though, actually a new uh, program that is the Transmission Facilitation Program. That's one that's actually going to be ongoing. It's not. It uh, it doesn't have a have a limit, a time limit, um, like the other ones do. But that's uh, the two and a half billion, and that's a revolving fund um, from Treasury, and um, that is really aimed at projects, transmission projects that are large scale interregional, um, or large rebuilds. And so the rebuilds have to be uh, have to produce an additional 500 megawatts capacity, um, and so it'd be major line rebuilds. But the money can go to that, or it can go to projects that are new that are 1,000 megawatt capacity or more. Um, and then there's a th- actually a third element for Alaska, uh, Hawaii, and the U.S. territories that if they have microgrids, they want to hook up to a transmission system. Um, the funds can go to that as well. Well, let, let's focus on two and a half billion, which, in the context of eighty billion, is not a lot of money, but in the context of itself, is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about uh, how it's going to go for large-scale interregional systems. Um, DOE wants to spend on infrastructure that will link together independent operating grid regions. Yeah. Of course, we know Texas is ERCOT sitting out there. Do you envision? folding them into the national grid in new ways? What we envision, so this will actually be driven by the industry itself. And so the the, the, the approach here, the thinking here as we stand up the program is um, we would run a solicitation and those that want to connect the regions, those that have projects that are really in the national interest, because that's the, the big difference here is uh, taxpayer uh, money versus ratepayer money. Um, but this is actually a very unique program because what it does is it shares the risk up front. And so uh, DOE can come in and... Um, and then subscribe up to half of the capacity of the, the planned capacity of the line or up to 40-year contracts. So that's kind of the, the sidebars that as far as we can go. But we can come in with uh, uh, eligible entities, which are a number of folks developing transmission, whoever they, they may be, um, if a uh, project is in, in the national interest. And so that's why we talk about interregional connecting up regions. Um, and uh, they're in a position that um, they have, you know, uh, so they have some interest, they have, you know, need, but it's not quite uh, forward enough because transmission takes a long time to build, as you and I know. It could easily go to uh, projects that uh, would like to help strengthen ERCOT's interconnection for resilience needs. On that point, do you, um, Texas had a major problem with a winter storm not too long ago that caused a lot of, of suffering and um, loss of life. Um, do you find new appetite from Texas decision makers to explore new ways of integrating their grid into the national grid to protect against those scenarios? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we're probably not there yet. Right now, we're because we're developing the program. Um, part of that program, though, is um, and we're putting out uh, a lot of these grid infrastructure programs. Will put out a notice of intent that actually outlines the program, talks of, and then I know uh, for the transmission facilitation program, we're also going to have a request for information on certain elements because we're trying to set this up that it works for the industry. Um, that's when you start involving, uh, kind of seeing what the interest is, the states and others. Um, right now, we're working with the utilities or the third-party developers, um, but we will pull in the, the states or the decision makers um, if there's interest in that area. So uh, you talked about uh, the length of time it takes to develop these transmission projects. They're technically complicated, the financing is difficult, and there's political issues to deal with. Yet, as you well know, with the North Pole and the Arctic rapidly heating, uh, we don't have a lot of time, according to a lot of experts, to, to get these clean energy uh, investments enabled with the transmission we're talking about. So if it takes 10 years or longer, what, what is uh, DOE thinking right now on ways to possibly shortcut it? And you talk about funding this for five years. Some of it continues beyond that five years. But still, can we front load it and get things done more expeditiously? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually uh, uh, heard from a, a utility exec yesterday. Um, they said, yeah, transmission is one where at the beginning when you're planning it, everybody wants to make it as small as they can because it's expensive. But by the time you actually build it, they're like, why didn't you increase it? Why didn't you do you know, the max? Because by the time it actually gets deployed, the need is there. Um, two things we're looking to do there. First is, uh, that's the transmission facilitation program, is supposed to help with that front end. If you have demand, but it's not quite um, all the demand, but you know it's going to be there, that's where uh, DOE steps in and, and uh, says we'll commit to that amount and um, so you can get going. So that's actually supposed to give some front time where a developer or a, a utility, whoever it is, is trying to get that you know kind of business case. DOE can help make that business case get going. I'd say the second area, though, is really um, we are working across agencies to try to uh, streamline or make efficient um, the federal permitting where possible. And actually, there's a group, uh, it's a, I'm going to acronym this, it's called FIPSI, which is the Federal Permitting Council, basically. And it's not just transmission, it's um, anything, any project that has to go across multiple federal agencies and so it is one that the developer can choose to uh, apply for or not or uh, work with. But basically what it is, is it coordinates all the federal agencies that you have to get permits through. And um, so there's timelines and reports and stuff like that. And so that is something that developers do and can elect to use um, in order to help get through the myriad of different federal organizations in order to get siting and permitting. But it's basically the federal permitting and it's a one-stop shopping for federal permitting. But it is actually, there is a, a whole group and the woman that runs it, Christine, is wonderful. But it she pulls it you get schedules together and so she keeps it driving so there is that is an elect something that uh, a developer can elect to do um, if especially if they're going through multiple federal agencies they can elect to go through this process is there anything that that this administration and the department of energy thinks congress could do to to kind of get things moving faster in terms of uh, transmission infrastructure 
And I realized once she asked that question, it's problematic. But yeah. does it take Congress to get some of this moving? Um, I'd say it, so it depends. So I will go back to one of your first statements is two and a half billion is not a lot. And so you're going to have to, on the transmission facilitation program, you're going to have to just pick a few projects um, to partner with. If you had more there, and I've heard that from a number of industry folks that said, hey, we'd love it to be 20, 30, 40 billion, because then you can actually get uh, some mass deployment going across the nation. So I'd say that's the Congress. The other piece, I don't know if necessarily Congress, but it's um, it's really working together on the federal side. But transmission siting has a federal piece, but it's largely state-driven. States are the ones that uh, site these transmission facilities. And so it's trying to partner with the states and having some money that I think Congress um, did give us some money through the infrastructure bill to help support states and analysis. And it's kind of the the technical analysis piece of my group um, that helps them if they need uh, folks on the ground or need to hire some folks to do some studies or something like that, to help them look at um, kind of their design and they're they're thinking of how they're going to reach their goals their uh, their energy goals um that is the other piece of it um because a lot of we understand a lot of state energy offices or things like that are thin and strapped and so um, the federal government can come alongside and help fund some of that michelle if i was going to reach through our microphone and gently twist your arm and ask you of this $80 billion, mm-hmm. roughly speaking, what could you tell us is the percentage that will go to new transmission versus upgrading existing transmission? Uh, well, the new is the $2.5 billion. Everything else is, is really uh, focused on upgrading or hardening or uh, new technology. And so the majority of it, as you said, will go to um, those systems because building a new line is great, but if it can't, if it when it interconnects and that supporting system is not also strong, it doesn't do you any good because it doesn't get you loaded. As we all know, driving along the freeways, there are thousands of miles of high grade transmission lines out there now. Right. What what kind of new technology transformation on a grand scale, thirty thousand foot level, does DOE envision across all these thousands of miles yeah. that will be transformative? Yeah, I think there's several areas, and I'm a li- this is my colleague, but a little over my ski tips, but I'll tell you the high level, like you said. Um, so uh, what we've understood and, and seen, because we have a whole, uh, my colleagues have the whole research and development where they work with the labs and the industry in this new technology, um, everything from new types of um, wire or cables and the cooling and so you can get more on them because it's a different approach flow control devices that help maximize uh, the flows on your lines uh, more visibility on your lines it, it can take a number of things new towers i mean it can be a number of things but it really is that getting more the most out of your current existing infrastructure can you put more things on it where you can transmit uh, a higher volume. And so we've actually seen there's a number that, uh, of course, when you put put money to an industry, uh, it, it follows. So there's actually a number of great um, kind of cool technology, if you want to say it, that's coming up that is in that has either gone through the testing and is, is commercialized or going through that testing cycle that can get uh, a lot more out of your wires um, than they do today. So uh, the, the bipartisan infrastructure law, mm-hmm. Authors authorizes DOE to be an anchor customer on new transmission lines to spur private investment. 
talk a little bit of how that is going to work. Have you done this in the past and what, what might it look like in the future? Yeah, this is a brand new program. It actually, like you said, it has it has three components to it. And so uh, an eligible entity can come in and ask for either something that's that's normal out there. It's capacity contract. And so if uh, uh, and so DOE would just say, we'll sign a commercial contract with you that if you build it and it's and it's commercialized, we will take up to a certain amount of megawatts. Um, so you don't have, you know, so basically they can go to their bank and get financing. They can get going because they have someone on the other end, um, plus some other customers that that is guaranteeing them a, basically a payment stream. But they can also come in and ask for a loan. Um, so a loan up to 50%. So there is a loan mechanism. I said, or if it makes better sense, they can come and ask for a public-private partnership. And that, so that's where actually DOE comes alongside and builds with them, acts as, uh, takes that, acts as the um, developer with them. Um, and so I'd say, on, and so it, there's three different flavors of being an anchor uh, tenant, depending on the need of the of the um, developer. And, um, and, and it's all across the board. I think the most popular one right now we've heard is the capacity contract, because basically it just, it, uh, it says DOE's there and we'll commit to it. Um, now, one of the things that um, is unique about this program is DOE is not in to own it forever. The whole goal is to sell it off as the capacity, you know, as, as the, the need grows Basically, by the time you energize, you probably have the need um, because it takes such a long time. Our goal is as soon as we sign that contract to try to resell it as fast as possible and then recycle the money. So that's the beauty of this program is we resell it off, replenish treasury, and then and then uh, put that money towards the next project. So we're sitting here as we speak, the end of the third quarter, excuse me, the first quarter of the calendar year. Yep. Um, when will these, when do you envision some of these agreements being signed and actually money going out the door? Yeah. So um, the first part is the notice of intents. And so in a number of these programs this summer, if not early summer, you should, uh, folks should start seeing um, federal register notice. Um, basically it's saying, this is how we set up the program comment back um, because we want to make sure we're getting it right. Right after that is then we would solicit the first round. And so uh, of course, yeah, I can plan till the cows come home. So I would love to see it this uh, this uh, f- uh, calendar year. Um, that is a goal, but we'll see what happens there. Okay. So when, when you sat in the Pacific Northwest at Bonneville, you saw the rapid development of wind resources in the Pacific Northwest. And I understand DOE is going to be playing a role in building transmission capacity to wind farms that are going up offshore. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what funding you have for that and how you see that developing. Sure. Yeah, so that you're right. Uh, offshore wind for the U.S. is the newest uh, kind of wave. There's basically three, maybe four uh, key areas. You see that on the East Coast, the West Coast, the Gulf, and then possibly the Great Lakes. Um, but right now, the East Coast is actually have a few uh, offshore wind farms up and running. Um, but the problem is the goal um, and the... The administration's goal is 30 gigawatts um, and by 2030. That's a lot. I mean, we have a couple gigawatts, but not 30. And so one of the issues is to bring in that amount of 
power, variable power onto shore and to the consumer takes the infrastructure on site uh, on shore. Um, so we are playing, I have uh, someone that's leading the stakeholder process role in working with the utilities, the states, the, um, the ISOs, RTOs, um, really doing that stakeholder convening to figure out what is the best approach to bring that amount of money uh, or amount of, sorry, money, amount of megawatts onto shore and, and disperse it. So that is something it's, it's uh, the DOE has brought funding to do the studies, to do the convenings, to, um, to, to help plan with, with the regions. It's going to do the same thing on the West coast and the Gulf shores. And, uh, uh, as, as long as money comes through on our regular program budgets, but that is the goal. Um, for in the infrastructure bill itself, um, I don't think there was something that was, and I could be wrong here, dedicated to that, but what we can do is those programs like the grid hardening and the transmission facilitation program and the smart grid, all those bills can be used towards that, um, but right now it really is in planning and figuring out the best approach to bring th- that amount of energy from the ocean onto shore and making sure the existing grids or what uh, we need to upgrade or redo in order to accommodate that. Does the Department of Energy feel that this capacity to, to help build transmission out to offshore wind farms will be as transformative as 15-fold increase in wind generation? The, is there a realistic expectation that could be accomplished? Yeah, so so there is, and I think that's why uh, we've stood up a technical review committee in the in the Northeast on this, as well as we're just getting ready to launch kind of the stakeholder engagement. You are right. This is going to take a transformative approach. And so when I say transformative, it's, it's different ways to build things, different ways to approach it, different thinking. Um, there is a lot of interest in the Northeast right now. And you have some great thinkers and some great folks from the state energy offices, as well as the ISOs um, up there uh, trying to figure out how to do this. But what you will see out of this planning is basically a plan that the um, – that the region, that region up there, Northeast region can come around and then figure out how to cost allocate it. It always comes down to money, how to build this stuff um, in order to accommodate it. But like I said, they actually have some offshore wind already blowing and coming on, on shore. And so uh, Bureau of Ocean uh, Management already actually did a lease, um, ran an auction for leases a few weeks ago huge, huge interest. That was a huge, uh, and so the interest is there. People are putting their money down. And so right now, now we have to figure out how to get uh, the transmission infrastructure in order to get it to those that need it. We talked about that sliver of the billions for new transmission. Um, A key political factor is getting approval on where to locate it. Yes. And uh, we have highways, we have railroads rights away. Is is there a, a an untapped resource for putting transmission along those corridors? Yeah, so so yes. Um, and I'd say it's a uh, some it's tapped in some areas. It depends on on the region. Um, and uh, but what we've done is we've partnered with Department of Transportation, who actually have has is running or in the process or just about finishing those studies, um, those specific studies, and they're starting by region that tell us where you can. 
What we're doing at um, in the Office of Electricity then is running the National Transmission Planning Study um, that's really focused on interconnections and with the regions and where it's needed. We will then take that that study from the Department of Transmission or Transportation, overlay it with the transmission needs, and then uh, work with developers and work with others to identify those areas that make a lot of sense where you co-locate. But yeah, co-location is a big a big thing for us. So I don't know as we speak if you're in the Northwest or in DC or North, Northwest DC, <laughs> but uh, the DOE has ramped up to hire a thousand additional employees. Yep. Some of that is going to address departures that had happened over the last few years. So I'm not sure how much is added workforce versus restored workforce, but you have quite a mandate here and just the area of your control and purview. Do you have the people in place? to ramp up an army to accomplish what we've been addressing? So um, I have a twofold approach just to let you know. I borrow heavily from the industry. So I have uh, right now at least half my staff is from um, a couple power marketing administrations. We grab someone um, from NYSERDA that's working half time. Um, we have we have a former ERCOT employee, and so the the goal right now is to at least get those that that knowledge and that brain power that can hit the ground running to ramp these up. And then I'm starting to hire and feather in behind them because I only have them for like two years or a year and a half. And so I think that is that's one of the big challenges is finding those that understand the industry and how things work um, and then partnering with them. The other piece I would say is not only DOE, but the la- the national labs are um, are. Uh, vital for us and having them be healthy as well. And so one of the the big needs I've heard from others is um, there's a shortage of transmission planners. You know, that that uh, is not the cool, sexy job. Um, there's just a shortage of them because there's a huge need. And so um, can we augment with some lab staff? Can we augment, you know, how do we grow that next generation, which is what I will do with my staffing. And so I will, I'm starting to bring in the kind of that next generation that can grow into it, um, given uh, with the experts that are helping guide them. Uh, my last question is I'd like to focus on your CFO <laughs> role here. Okay. And, and uh, take you back for a minute to the Obama administration when they passed massive ARRA funds uh, to, to try to help transform the smart grid and get it rolling. Um, years later, we heard that a lot of that money went un- unspent, that it was sitting there waiting to be spent. And you've got $80 billion in your in your purse right now. Uh, you want to hold it up? We'd like to see what it looks like. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> so how, how is the, the administration and the Biden administration, some of the people were there when that happened. Yep. What lessons did you learn from untapped funds not getting spent back in uh, – a decade ago and how you're going to prevent that and use every last drop of this resource. Yeah, you, you make a vital point and one we actually bring up a lot internally. So the goals of what was happening in the Biden administration and now in, um, uh, in this new administration are very different. So back then, remember, it was to stimulate the economy, get things going. And so you had a lot of money. But the problem is, as, as you've mentioned here as well, is it takes a long time. It takes a lot of lead time to get uh, to get transmission. And so the difference is right now is the focus is on 
Um, get the money and you have some time to do that to the right areas, stimulate the investments for a long-term uh, payback. So that's the difference is this is really looking at a long-term glide path, uh, 2035 to decarbonize electricity industry um, and then go on to the entire industry or entire globe. And so these are long-term goals. And so fortunately, Congress has actually given us um, time and spending, you know, for spending enough to do that. And so our goal is then to, to partner with those in the industry over over time in order to get that that going. And so I think that's the main difference here is as um, this administration is looking at that long term and knows it's going to take some time. It's going to, you know, you're going to prime the pump for five or 10 years and then see the payback 15, 20 years later. So if I invite you back to Grid Talk in 2035... <laughs> You think you'll be able to tell us this is how we've been able to spend 80 to 90 percent of this money versus what happened with ARRA? I think so. And, and I'd say because the industry's already there. This is something the industry's already been grappling. I mean, you think about, remember, a lot of that money also goes to batteries or uh, solar or, you know, that new generation type approach. And so that has been going. The states have been driving that, you know, between the state credits and the state goals. Um, a lot of the states are driving this. And so when, I, when your states and your federal are in concert with each other, the money goes faster and a lot. Uh, you know, kind of you have that push behind it. Um, and so I, I believe I do believe. Um, so remember, uh, Congress appropriated a, a number of that for five years. Um, and so this this is a longer term uh, to try to, to work with industry to get it in the right places in order to make lasting impacts. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Marty. We've been talking to Michelle Manry, who's the acting deputy assistant secretary for Energy Resilience Division in the Office of Electricity at DOE. Thank you, and please send us your feedback or questions to gridtalk at nrel.gov. And we encourage you to give the podcast a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the series or to subscribe, visit smartgrid.gov. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.